Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At a time when change is constant, and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. We are taught societally that mothers are meant to be nurturing and endlessly kind and self-sacrificing and patient and all of these things that when we step into our role and we're sleep deprived and we actually are filled with rage when we see, you know, dishes left in the sink or when baby cries out after we just settled them 30 minutes ago or however, it provokes a lot of shame in mothers because we feel like it is the opposite of what it means to be a good mom. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Checking in on your mental health today, how are you doing with anxiety, overwhelm, self-care, invisible load? As moms, we are so incredibly unlikely to prioritize ourselves over our babies, our partners, our spouses, or the other obligations of life. But today's guest disagrees entirely with that narrative, and she thinks we need to do everything within possibility to support moms in their transition to motherhood. My guest's name is Erica Josa, and she's a registered psychotherapist and the founder of MomWell an online entity that provides educational resources and virtual therapy for moms. Erica is the host of the MomWell podcast, where she talks about bridging the gap between expectations and realities of motherhood. Erica covers really unique topics like how to cope with mom rage or rediscovering yourself after motherhood. I was on her podcast recently talking about how to manage anxiety when starting solid foods with your baby, and I was just so taken by her approach and her model that I knew I had to have her on the podcast. Erica and Momwell run a network of licensed therapists who support and do work in the areas of like mom support, partner support, parenting support, relation support. She's all about support. And in this episode, we're talking about why mom's mental health matters. Erica says something really interesting in the interview. She says that when a mom is well, the family is well. And I could not agree more. I also learned a new word from Erica in this interview, matrescence. It's the adjustment to motherhood that encompasses the changes of becoming a mother with all the new rhythms and routines. Who knew? You learn something new every day. I'm so inspired by Erica's work and what her and her team are doing to support mothers. I hope you enjoy this episode all about mom's mental health and how we can strengthen parenthood through therapy with Erica Josa from MomWell. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to spend time with you again. I know. When I was on your podcast, I was like, I need you to come back on my podcast. It's been a while since we chatted. I went on your podcast, Momwell. We were talking about how to start solid foods and do baby led weaning without anxiety. It was such a great conversation. Today, we're going to talk about mom's mental health and how therapy can help strengthen the parenthood journey. So before we dive in, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Why did you decide to start MomWell? Yeah, it's really interesting and one of those really roundabout journeys. I was a licensed therapist, had been in the field for almost a decade working in like group and family, private practice. And then I became a mom and I had three boys back to back in the span of three and a half years. And it changed everything, which I mean, by comparison to your journey, it feels like, you know, it's all the same. Once you're outnumbered, you're outnumbered. It it was just wild. And, and as a therapist, um, I went through my own postpartum depression, anxiety after my third, probably in retrospect from my first and sort of was untreated and built over time. And I literally help people with anxiety and depression for a living. Like, how am I struggling with this and don't know how to pull myself out of it? So I had this, we joke on our team, breakdown slash breakthrough where I finally admitted that something was going on and I needed some support and called my husband sobbing and he came home from work. (laughs) It was this whole dramatic story that we tell often. And I ended up starting medication for postpartum depression. I had been through seven years of school and didn't even know maternal mental health was a specialty. So to be somebody who works with families, works with parents and had all this education, still didn't even know that this was a high risk time. I felt really that I had to do something. I felt that I had to, like the general public did not know that we are at such high risk. There is a iceberg ahead for one in five months who will hit it and who will suffer. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't spread education around it, and if we don't have the uniquely trained support to work with moms and parents during this time, then we flounder and we struggle and our family and our children struggle as a result. So enter Happy as a Mother initially turned mom well where we are a mom-centered mental health platform to help transition and thrive in motherhood. Tell me about the switch from happy as a mother, which I remember you under that handle, changing to mom well. What sparked that transformation? So I still love happy as a mother. And everyone's like, oh, I love it. Why? It's so fun and witty. And and there was a little bit of like grief on our whole team as well, because we really loved it. But ultimately, what we're trying to build is a household brand, a service for parents that they, you know, get introduced to when they're trying to conceive or pregnant or postpartum. And we grow with them throughout their parenting journey. And so when we're talking about raising VC funds and we're talking about integrating with payers and negotiating all these contracts, there is just a level of professionalism and clarity in the our name that was essential. And happy as a mother was kind of like, developed over a glass of wine with some girlfriends when there was no real intentional strategy in place. So it was kind of our glow up and our grow up in a way that like we're a company now that has some legs and we mean business and we got we got some deals to close. We got some things to do around here. So it was bittersweet, Allison. I am constantly in awe of all the things that you are doing at one time. Like all the juggling analogies that one could make, it's literally you because it's like, the VC funding, the integrating with payers, doing the social. And we were talking about just kind of the reticence to go on to new platforms. But if there are moms that need help, 
I know that it's your intention that they find you so that they can get the credential professional help that they need. So I like the the glow up and the grow up, but I also loved Happy as a mother, but I think MomWell is an amazing brand as well. Yeah, thank you. I know we all feel that way. And I will say that like Happy as a mother was really like in line with my personality and like me, the person as the brand, where now MomWell is a platform. It is a company and it is a brand unto itself. And so there was a refinement there. I think that needed to happen. And it's, I'm the founder and it'll always be a part of me and I will be a part of it. But there is a little bit of distinction that had to happen too, I think, as we shift into being a platform. I know, but I still, I'm going to keep the sign and like treasure, you know, all the happy as a mother pieces. We had a whole merch line and things back in the day. So I'll hold on to all of that. So when we first met and were conversing, I loved talking to you about the differences between mothering in the United States and Canada. You're based in Canada. At this time, when we were chatting, you were sharing your own son's food allergy experience. You guys have been doing oral immunotherapy, OIT for his treatment. We're kind of comparing what's available, not available in the U.S. versus Canada. It's like, how can two countries be so close and yet so far away on some of these things in healthcare? When it comes to mental health support, how do the U.S. and Canada differ? It's really interesting I have this conversation about the healthcare system all the time because there's pros and cons to both sides of the border, I feel like. We've got a system that is like our public health system, particularly, which is more like our medical services, that is really bogged down and overloaded. And it's really hard to get the referrals you need. And so it can be really difficult to navigate. But our mental health benefits fall under extended health coverage through employers. Most people have it and they are sort of guaranteed that amount, whether it's 500 a year or 5,000 a year, they are guaranteed that amount with any provider that they opt to go and see. Whereas in the States, you are in network with your provider and there's only a certain amount of providers who are credentialed to that insurer. So like your, your pool of providers that you can work with becomes a little bit more limited unless you're willing to pay out of pocket. And I'm also learning as we're looking to integrate with payers that insurance and and companies will try their best to not reimburse and will try to get out of covering a lot of different things based on little nuances or however. So it is a constant, it sounds like battle to get the care you need actually covered by your medical provider. And I think mental health care can kind of fall in that. It's certainly not a surgery. So it's a little less concrete. It can be offered via teletherapy instead of in person, is your provider going to cover that or your your payer, your insurance, or are they not? Um, most do now in a post-COVID world, but some, you know, have clamped down and wanted to renege some of these codes. So I think it's a little bit less freedom of movement and yeah, just really different systems all around. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma. But therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Okay, so there are a lot of unforeseen challenges parents experience when raising children. You teach evidence-based workshops that help parents gain the skills to overcome these challenges. What sort of topics are like the most popular or the most frequently asked questions that you as a registered psychotherapist get from parents? Yeah, so we talk about a few really key pain points. One of the biggest ones um, is rage in motherhood. So anger, postpartum rage feeling extremely angry or having negative emotions about motherhood or about your role. And this is for a few different reasons. We are taught societally that mothers are meant to be nurturing and endlessly kind and self-sacrificing and patient and all of these things that when we step into our role and we're sleep deprived and we actually are filled with rage when we see, you know, dishes left in the sink or when baby cries out after we just settled them 30 minutes ago or however, it provokes a lot of shame in mothers because we feel like it is the opposite of what it means to be a good mom. So we spend a lot of time normalizing anger among other complex and negative emotions about our role and in our role. And another really big one is talking about the invisible and mental load and being the default parent and how that feels and what that looks like for mothers and how to communicate that with their partners, which also in turn can contribute to a lot of anger and resentment as well. Like if you feel like you are the one that is gluing the entire household together, then of course, anger and resentment comes with that as well. So those are just a couple of the the topics, but those are major, major pain points that come up often. And so when people work through your workshops, there's, I would assume, a system where they're getting guidance, they're working on things. But if the solution isn't there or they just need additional help, then do they get linked in with your therapist? How do they kind of move to the therapy level after they're doing the self-paced trainings? Yeah, we have a few different ways that people interact with us. So we've got tons of free content, like 200 blog posts and podcast episodes, daily Instagram posts, like endless amounts of like digital and social support that that people interact with. And then if you're looking to build tools and have a deeper understanding, we've got like our workshops and our courses that are self-paced. They are more affordable. They're maybe for the apprehensive, not sure if we want to see a therapist, not sure if like if asking for help feels a little bit vulnerable or intimidating, or maybe we just don't think that we are need that or are ready for that right now. And so they can work through self-paced resources. And then ultimately, if you feel like you're trying all the things, or you could just really use a sounding board, a clinician who is trained to help you learn how to implement the skills or to help you troubleshoot why you keep sort of falling into the same pattern over and over again and can't seem to break out of, let's say, losing our cool or whatever, our therapists can step in and and support. So through postpartum anxiety, depression, rage, invisible load, partnership, like communication, conversations. Yeah, they really help to just 
take the knowledge that you'll learn engaging with the platform and and work with you on how to actually apply it into your life in a way that works for you. And that's when the magic really starts to happen. That's when people really start to see the tangible changes for them. So Erica, how do you select therapists at MomWell? What sort of screening process is there? We interview everybody. Right now I have a two-part interview process for all the therapists. Um, Lots of different questions and sort of hoops that they jump through. One of the key things that we do look for is like five plus years experience working with this population um, or clinical experience that they are perinatal mental health certified or trained. We are a specialist platform that understands the nuances that moms and parents experience adjusting to their new roles. And there are many important things that happen in the postpartum period, like the hormone fluctuations, the sleep deprivation, the intrusive thoughts that come up that a lot of moms feel disturbed by or feel scared to talk about, um, like accidentally harming their baby or intentionally doing harm to their baby that they fear if they discuss with their primary doctor or with a therapist that they'll get like reported for or something like there's a lot of shame around them. Our team of specialists have the the therapy training for understanding all of these nuances that we're non-judgmental. We are not trigger happy when it comes to reporting. Like we can put it in context and really understand the nuances. And I feel like that's what sets us apart. A lot of people work with general providers and therapists who do not understand postpartum and all of that life stage and what that means in terms of you know, mom's body and all the identity things happening and the multi layers that are going on at that time that they miss some important pieces. Um, even when it comes to the scary and intrusive thoughts, maybe they misinterpret them or however. So our team of specialists really, it's important that we, that we keep them specialists so that they serve moms adequately. For someone who has never considered therapy, the idea of talking to a therapist can be scary. So are there any telltale signs or symptoms? Like, how do you know if what you're experiencing is something that you should handle and just work it out on your own, tough it out, or as well, this is maybe something that I should be talking to a therapist about? Clinically speaking, if there is something that you are experiencing that is interfering with your daily functioning, then that is a red flag that we need to seek help and intervene. So if we are so anxious that we're housebound and we're not taking baby out of the house, if we are so anxious that only partner can feed baby or only we can feed baby and no one else can come near baby to feed them, like these types of things that are interfering with our relationships, interfering with our lives and how we would typically move and function before baby are really telltale signs. Now, there are other things, common statements that I hear moms say, like if you're saying, I don't feel like myself, that is a major red flag. And it'll often be, you know, told to partners or moms or mother-in-laws. If we're not feeling like ourselves and it's slowly drifting and it's stayed that way for a long time, then that's, that's a red flag for us. If you're saying things like, I feel like a burden. I feel like nobody cares about me. My family would be better off without me. If you feel like you can't sleep and your brain is stuck on hypervigilant and you just cannot come down from being very attuned to and like really locked in on baby and their safety, these are some also some telltale signs. Now, 
The reason that moms will not seek support is because we think that asking for help is a weakness or admitting that we're failing in some way because we've really started to pair this, I should know my baby, maternal instincts should come out, this is my role, and to ask for help means I suck at it or I'm doing it wrong. And that is a major barrier that prevents moms from actually seeking support and seeking help because they think, how come I'm feeling at this? Everybody seems to be doing it around me. And so I just wanted to like put it out there and say, hey, this is a new role we're learning. And we're literally learning it on the job in real time as we're doing it. And to ask for help is to simply say, hey, I need more hands or something is going on here that doesn't feel quite right. And that is actually the most courageous thing you could do for you and your family. That is not weakness. That is actually you intervening early and reclaiming your enjoyment in motherhood. If we leave these things undiagnosed and untreated, they can persist for years. Like if postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety are left untreated, up to 25 to 30% will still experience symptoms at like the three-year mark. So it's really important that we do seek help if we find ourselves encountering any of these red flags. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I love that MomWell offers different types of therapy. So mom support, partner support, parenting support, relation support. But I can imagine that there's a lot of overlap. You're not just a mom. You are likely also someone's partner. You are now someone's parent. You'd like to stay in other relationships. Do you see one therapist for each special area or do the therapists provide assistance with these interlapping parts of the person? For the most part, the one therapist works with the mom on any of those areas that is of concern to them, with the exception of if it is the couple that wants to come in versus just the individual, because an individual therapist relationship is separate from a relationship that we would have as a couple with a different therapist. We like to keep those separate just for confidentiality and lots of other reasons. So really, we break it out in that way because maybe I like sailed through postpartum but I hit the twos and these tantrums are throwing me for a loop now. What I'm really looking for is some parenting support on how to handle my kids' big feelings and also my big feelings in reaction to their big feelings. So we position it in different sort of stages of motherhood and from different angles to show that we can offer support throughout your journey. Absolutely postpartum when you're in the trenches and if there's been trauma and there's, you know, we feel like we're really trying to get our footing, but also in these other stages and these other challenges of parenthood as well. And for the parents who are listening, who are like, yeah, this is resonating. I am having a particularly hard time adjusting to X or the kind of list of, you know, I don't feel like myself. I feel like a burden. I, I can't sleep because I'm so fixated. If those are things that they're nodding their head yes to, what do you suggest they do as a first step to seek outside help? We are fee-for-service currently as we work to integrate with payers. So we encourage people to book in a free 15-minute consultation with one of our therapists 
to see if, you know, you're a good fit and it, talk through what your needs are and if they would be able to support you through them. And if they can't, then we also can help you find the services that you do need. And if you are in a situation where you can't pay for out-of-pocket services and you need to look in network, what I will say is you want to look for somebody who has perinatal or maternal mental health training. It is a specialty. There are nuances. And so if what you find you are struggling with is really this adjustment into parenthood and in the postpartum, the hormone shifts, the identity shifts, all the things that are sort of anchored and tethered to parenthood, look for a specialist who has some additional training in this area because it really does make a world of difference. Erica, my goal with our baby led weaning business is to make force feeding infants by spoon a thing of the past because babies can eat so many more foods on their own than we give them credit for. What do you hope for as the outcome of your life's work with MomWell in the realm of parenthood support? It's a really interesting question. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is moms are tracked while they are pregnant what, every four weeks to three weeks to two weeks to every week to up till baby is born. And then baby gets taken over in the care of a doctor or a pediatrician. And who in the world cares for mom, right? So I see us as being the platform that is the provider who cares for mom in the adjustment to motherhood. Like a baby was just born and they need a care team and they need providers. A mother was also just born and she has no freaking clue what she's doing and is going to encounter all of these things in her adjustment to motherhood, which we call matrescence, that we can predict and we know will happen. She needs support to go on that journey. Somebody who really understands it can help support her through it. So I hope that by the time we are this household brand that we aim to be in this provider for parents that we are the support system that sees moms through. What is the adjustment to motherhood called? Is there a term? Matrescence. Yes. It is the becoming of a mother is matrescence. And there are five key tasks that are involved in this transition time, reconciling our expectations we had of parenthood to the reality of our role, uh, like reconciling our identity, our relationships. And so there are some really seasonal or sort of things that happen that are universal as we adjust in this role that we can predict and we know can create distress. And if we can be paired up with somebody who can help us along that way, just like a pediatrician is going to say, these are the sleep regressions or these are the milestones or these are the things to be prepared for, look out for. If we have somebody who can care for mom in that same way and say, hey, week four to six, you know, these are some things that happen and it can be tough, but you know what? We're going to get ahead of it by doing X, Y, and Z. Like, Oh my gosh, motherhood milestones. Like you're right. Everyone knows all the infant and baby and children milestones, but that you have milestones that are going to occur as you become a mother. Yeah. And they're predictable. And there's rhythm is like, we know when mom's milk drop, baby blues are going to set in. Do we talk about that? Do we prepare mom for that? When she's sobbing for no reason, like I remember this story I tell on my own podcast where I was sobbing to my husband because I just wanted pizza and I had like family staying with us who were cooking all kinds of food that I don't usually eat. And I was just like, I just want pizza. I'm sobbing, like weeping because I was like, my milk had come in, my hormones had crashed. It was baby blues. And we can anticipate that this will happen for like 80% of women. So 
being the the support system that helps mom to adjust to her new role emotionally, psychologically, so critically important. And we know that children and families fare better when moms do have that support. So it's an investment in mom, but it's an investment in the family also and in the family adjustment as well. I was going to ask you in closing, you know, what are the benefits of therapy? But I think you kind of just nailed it there. Are there other benefits you did want to include or touch on? It's so interesting. Like I really want moms to get to a place where they want to help themselves for themselves. And that sometimes is a hard sell. They are so used to their needs coming at the tail end of everybody else's needs that to put themselves first feels very selfish or feels unnatural and is really difficult. So a lot of times we have to talk about the ripple effects that this has on infant mental health, children's mental health, the satisfaction and connection within the relationship in order for moms to sort of see the ripple effects and the impact. But ultimately, I want the fact that it meets their needs and helps them to be mentally well to be enough. But also, it does ripple out and it does have an impact on infant mental health, their children, and their their relationship and their family more broadly. We know that when a mom is well, a family is well. And it's so critically important that mom has a care team around her. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. I love that. When a mom is well, a family is well. That's so true. I I don't like the word guilt, but I used to feel not so great. I felt selfish that I always prioritize working out in the morning. Like it's the only thing I do for myself, but I need to do it first thing or I won't do it. But I also realized that if I when I do do it, it makes me such a better mom because it makes me be more present. I'm more focused. I have not such a quick temper. Exercise does so many things for me. It's not just for me. I try to tell you, I feel like this is actually for you that I need to spend some time away from you this morning exercising. But I found over the time that that makes me a better mom, but it is something I have to do for myself. And we've talked so much about this offline about how parents don't invest, moms especially don't invest in themselves but I think if we can reframe it, it is you investing in you and you you should prioritize yourself. It's also you investing in your family because as you said, when a mom is well, a family is well. And so it's not a selfish thing to do, to say, I need to talk to someone about this. It's the thing that you need to do for your family so that you can be present and show up as a strong force as a mother if you are supported by other people because it is very challenging. And I appreciate you doing so much work to kind of bring down the stigma surrounding therapy. And I just wanted to ask in closing, 
for our audience, like if they want to learn more, where's the best place to go to learn about your work, Erica, and also to support your business, MomWell? Thank you. I'd love to just note when it comes to the needs that oftentimes we feel like we have to put our needs in front of our family's needs. Like we have to like do this pendulum swing of like, well, put myself first. I don't even advocate for that. I'm like, can you put your needs on equal playing field as your family's needs? Can they just be equally as important? If your child or your partner were going through a mentally difficult time or they were struggling or they weren't feeling like themselves, would you want them to seek support? We're not talking about putting ourselves at the front of the cart here. That feels too threatening. It feels too different from what we're used to doing often. Let's just put ourselves at the table. Let's put our needs as equal. Like, let's just sit together and be equal in our needs and priorities as a family. And that can sometimes feel like a safer, more approachable place to start. In terms of where to find us, we are sort of MomWell across all platforms. Of course, we've got the MomWell podcast, which gets turned into blog posts at momwell.com. We have a whole learning center there. MomWell on Instagram and Facebook kind of mom well, mom well all around, wherever you're looking for us. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing this with us. I think your platform is amazing and you're doing incredible work to help moms everywhere. Thank you so much for having me and for welcoming me into your community. I really appreciate being here. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Erica. I am always so, I'm just so inspired by her. Like she has her act together, you guys. She has three boys, all super close in age. They're expanding, like her business is growing like crazy. She puts out an insane amount of content. I was kind of picking her brain, like, how do you do so much? She has some amazing systems. So I really admire and respect her as a professional, also as a mom, also as an expert and the work that she's doing to help improve the mental health and the journey to and through parenthood for parents and in particular mothers, I think is really admirable. So I'm going to put all of Erica's resources on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 372. A special thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, Airwave has some great podcasts. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.